At Jiffy Lube, it's our job to make car care make sense with personalized service reviews that swap the car talk for straight talk so you know what your car is telling you and what to do about it. Putting you in the driver's seat of car care? That's a job for Jiffy. Whether you need to restock the fridge or just have a sudden, intense craving for cheese puffs, Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. From groceries to household items, Kroger delivers right to your door. So don't let one major craving have you reaching for your car keys. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery times not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back to the X-Zone, everyone. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in beautiful Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to uh, send me an email, X-Zone at x on all social media sites, X-Zone Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you, 724-365 on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.com. XZBN.net, and we're coming to you around the world tonight on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. My guest this hour, Exxon Nation, is Michael Bryan, also known as the Travel Psychologist, is an author, lecturer, travel storyteller, adventurer, and publisher of travel books and guides. He regularly appears in newspapers, magazines, blogs, and radio programs on the psychology of travel. Michael is the first person to coin the term travel psychology. Through his doctoral studies, work and life experiences, and extensive world travels, he has become the world's first and maybe the only travel psychologist. His travel guide series, Michael Bryan's Travel Guides to Sightseeing by Public Transportation, shows travelers how to sightsee the top 50 visitor attractions in the world's most popular cities easily and cheaply by public transportation. Michael also publishes his True Travel Tales series, a collection of print, ebook, and audiobooks of the best 10,000 travel stories shared with him from interviews with nearly 2,000 world travelers and adventurers that Michael has encountered in his own extensive travels around the world. Michael Bryan resides on Bainbridge Island in Washington. His website and blog is www.michael.com. Brian.com, and that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-R-E-I-N.com. And Michael, welcome to the X-Zone. Hi, thanks for having me. Never had a, a travel psychologist on the show before. Tell me, what's it like to be a travel psychologist? Well, you know, you'd think somebody would have thought of it before. Honestly, I was the first one to really think about that. Uh, there's been sports psychologists and all other kinds of psychology, but... I was bitten by the travel bug, and I was on my way through uh, degrees and universities, and I thought, why not just make it a, a study? I love traveling, and why not study what's behind travel? And I really became the first person to certainly go around the world interviewing nearly 2,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, during my doctoral studies, uh, took courses that were related to it in some way. And, uh, for example, I worked for the University of Hawaii's Peace Corps program for a little while. Uh, I took all kinds of different courses, different language courses, 
And I uh, got my PhD in social psychology at the University of Hawaii. So it was a great place to go to school and a great cultural mix of people from everywhere. So that's how I kind of launched my career in travel psychology. What's your favorite? Where is your favorite part of the world? And can you share a story with us about that part of the world? <laughs> I can. You know, some of the best stories are the ones that you think maybe you're never going to make it out of there alive. Really? Uh, I my favorite part of the world was uh, Zimbabwe, formerly known as Northern Rhodesia. And I was at a wilderness camp, tenant camp, mm-hmm. and there was wildlife all over the place. And one day I thought, well, I'll go canoeing. Uh, and there was a guide in several canoes, and I had a British journalist sitting in the back of my canoe, and he knew less than I did. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves drifting closer and closer to hippos. Oh, boy. And uh, if you you may not know it, hippos are probably the most dangerous animal to human beings uh, on their turf in, in uh, Africa. And so we're drifting closer and closer and closer, and we were kind of the class clowns in the beginning. We turn around in a circle. We wouldn't know what we were doing. And the Brit journalist knew less than I did <laughs> about canoeing. <laughs> and finally, the guide about a mile down the way with two other canoes along with him said, put your oars in the water on the left and paddle, paddle, paddle. And uh, gosh, we just drifted out of there ever so slowly. There's been people, including river guides, killed by hippos. I mean, it was not... Uh, just an innocent thing going canoeing on the Zambezi River and uh, just drifting along once away from those hippos with elephants and Cape Buffalo on the riverbanks chewing the grass. And I, I never felt more alive in my life. It was so exhilarating. And so guess what? It becomes a memorable event, doesn't it? It Even sure if does. It's scary. It sure That's my favorite. Tell me about your, uh, your book or your series that you published, Travel Tale, uh, tr- uh, True Travel Tales. Thank you. Uh, so having collected all these stories from all mm-hmm. these people, I'm estimating I have somewhere between 5,000 and 10,000 accounts of all different kinds, maybe in 100 to 200 different categories. And of course, African wildlife, mm-hmm. wilderness, uh, close calls, pickpocketing. Uh, I decided I, I want to do something with this series. And I thought, well, be interesting to talk about the psychology of travel as revealed through people's experiences. And so uh, some of them fall into different sorts of categories among those categories. Uh, and I just, my latest book is, is on this. I noticed listening to all the me too stories that were emerging uh, in America recently, I realized, gee, I have somewhere between 90 and a hundred accounts of uh, young women and girls traveling in different parts of the world, uh, having to deal with this sort of thing. So I decided maybe the most important book to bring out uh, as soon as I could is uh, is called this, Travel Tales, Women Alone, The Me Too of Travel. And I tried to understand as much as possible what happened to these women, how they uh, prevailed in a lot of instances, and some of them didn't do so well. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd be doing a really good service by by gathering these stories together. And, and similarly, I, I have a subset of stories that were about the paranormal kinds of events that happen to people. And right. Some UFO stories. And that's how I got together with Rosemary Ellen Guiley. And we, we did a two-book series that we just brought out. One is the title of the series is called The Road to Strange. And the first one is Travel Tales of the Paranormal and Beyond. And the second one is... The, uh, the Road to Strange, UFOs, Aliens, and High Strangeness. And again, most of these were based on my interviews with uh, people in my world travels. And so uh, I told Rosemary, I think I have a, an interesting collection of experiences. Let's work together. And uh, so we brought out those two. But again, these are just a few subcategories of uh, the tremendous range of experiences that I've heard from people. Uh, in all my travels. Uh, it was very exciting for me to interview all these people, and they're so eager to share their experiences with you, you know. So tell me, when it comes to the paranormal, are you a skeptic or are you a believer? Well, l- let me first say that from high school on, I was uh, deeply immersed in all the sciences. 
I was going to do chemical engineering at Carnegie Mellon, and I changed my mind after a year, and I went to Temple University in Philadelphia and uh, got involved in psychology, which is a social science. So I had my feet firmly planted in the science box, so to speak, and people around me were very skeptical of anything that didn't uh, fit, you know, fit their, their normal sure. paradigms of science. Uh, and then I began to realize that I think people have other experiences that just don't neatly fit within the scientific box. Mm -hmm. So I found myself as kind of uh, looking at it from both perspectives. Uh, although I wouldn't call myself a parapsychologist, uh, you know, I never really got that immersed in that field, as there are people who do. Uh, but I just decided I'll learn what I can by interviewing people and uh, listening to their experiences and asking good, good questions. And in the end, I believe that everybody has to uh, decide for themselves where they stand between the, you know, the verifiable exact science and experiences of believable people. And in the end, I think if you've had your own experience, well, therefore, you're probably a little more open or a little more prone to accept the experiences of other people. And I'm kind of somewhere on that continuum. I, I want to say that in the paranormal psychology, I'm, I'm sorry, in the travel tales of the paranormal and beyond, I have about a half a dozen of my own uh, paranormal kinds of experiences that didn't happen to me in my travels. So uh, in the end, Rosemary was said to me one day, my God, you know, you have a, what might somebody might want to call an inner psychic. And I have to say, I did have rather unexplainable, uh, unbelievable to some people experiences that for me personally. Well, we're going to talk I about those. Like we're going to talk about those when we come back from okay. our commercial break. Exxon Nation, Michael Bryan is our special guest this hour, www.michaelbryan.com. That's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-R-E-I-N.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and you're listening to us on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. And, of course, the Exxon channel where you can watch the Exxon TV show, as well as other great programming, is available on Simultv at www.simultv.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simultv, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simultv. Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today.
Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Welcome back, everyone. Michael Bryan is our special guest this hour, www.michaelbryan.com. Um, your recent book with uh, books with Rosemary Ellen Guiley have as a part of their titles, The Road to Strange, and there's the travel tales of the paranormal. And uh, the other one is UFOs, Aliens, and High Strangeness. So let's talk about the first book, Travels, uh, Travel Tales of the Paranormal, and some of the paranormal events that you yourself had while... Taking these uh, these uh, these travels as the travel psychologist. Yeah, sure. Uh, let me let me share with you uh, one of the more extraordinary things that happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've had in my lifetime, I think, uh, uh, a lot of what you might call synchronicities or coincidences. You know, seeing somebody yep. unexpectedly pop up in a totally two different places—that's something, you know. And we all pay attention to that but what happens when it's so intertwined i had one that was i would call a quintuple synchronicity so let me tell you about that okay one. super uh i uh, was writing the travel guide series to sightseeing by public transportation and i would go to the book fairs in new york city usually at the end of may beginning of june so one year i uh board a united airlines flight i'm going from medford oregon to basically Philadelphia, where my where I grew up, my sister lived there, and uh, stopped off for a visit. And on the plane, I grabbed a copy of Hemispheres magazine, United's in-flight magazine, thinking, why don't I write to United and ask them if they might want to review my travel guide series? Uh, so I just tucked it in my attache. This is my sister. Now I got on a train to go up to the book fair in New York City. And I'm uh, on the train and passing towns, and suddenly I see a sign that uh, says Rahway, New Jersey. And you know how a lot of us are. We think we see a sign, the name of a town. I know somebody from Rahway, New Jersey. This was a guy that was in a fraternity at Carnegie Mellon when I was there 42 years earlier. And I remembered him saying he lived in Rahway. You know, useless fact, but there I was paying attention to that. And then I get to New York City. I do the book fair for several days. Now I'm boarding a flight on United from New York back to Medford, Oregon, because I was living in Ashland, Oregon at the time, grabbed the June issue of Hemispheres magazine. So now I had the May and the June issue in my attache case. And again, why not contact United and see if I can have something said about my travel guides? So I arrive in Ashland. I go into my house. There's a pile of mail, and I see this big envelope big white envelope and I open it up and my God, it says Hemispheres Magazine. I pull out the issue, which was the May issue, the first one I got, it says open to page, say 24, I open it up, there's a review of my travel guides right in that magazine, can't believe it. Picked up those two issues to contact them later about that. All right, that's interesting. So I go upstairs to my loft office and I look and see, did I get any orders for my travel guides while I was away? And uh, usually I get orders for these guys from around the world. Maybe somebody from Egypt, somebody from France, who knows where. Oh, here's an order from Ashland, Oregon, the town I live in. I never got an order for a travel guide on the Internet from where I live. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I uh, teasingly contact the people and say, 
would you like me to deliver these to you in person or, or do you want to come and get them? Well, they were astounded. And then I, I look at the name, the name of the person, same name of the person that I knew looking at the sign Rahway, New Jersey, Jan Chaikin. I couldn't believe that. So I said, could you be the same Jan Chaikin who was from Rahway, New Jersey at Carnegie Mellon like 42 years earlier? I would be that Jan Chaikin. Oh, my gosh. Yes. What do you make with, of this? How do you say it's mere chance when it's so complicated and so intertwined? So it woke me up. I paid attention to it. I couldn't explain to you what synchronicity really is, but I paid attention to that one. And I had some other experiences as well. Share another experience with us. Okay. Um, I was uh, with two college friends driving in the Italian Alps uh, on our way to an area called Cortina d'Ampezio, just a place up in the mountains somewhere. Beautiful mountain scenery, driving along, looking in valleys and mountain ranges and whatnot. Very nice, exciting, wonderful day. And all of a sudden, I started getting anxious. I had a lot of uh, anxiety, and I was mm. actually feeling some fear. And I couldn't imagine what that was about. We weren't driving fast. The roads weren't particularly dangerous or precarious or anything. But this feeling kept mounting and kept uh, building in me, and I didn't know really what to make of it. And then we come around the bend, and suddenly on like both sides of the valley where uh, we were on the highway along the side of one of the sides of the valley were all these shells of buildings and houses. Uh, and a, a, approximately a year earlier, there had been a massive flood that overcame the huge uh, dam there, and something like 1,900 people were killed. Oh, my God. I had no real explanation for this fear and anxiety that I felt up to that point because I, I couldn't have seen, you know, where, where we were heading into mm -hmm. and I had no knowledge of the area. So, you know, how can you say really what it was? But yeah. uh, I certainly had that fear and anxiety. And I had a, another one more similar experience to that. Fear and anxiety building up uh, seemed unrealistic to me. I had parked my VW bus in in the suburbs of Barcelona and I went into town on the Metro, uh, to do the sites and came back towards the end of the day, got back on the Metro heading out to where, uh, I had parked my bus and it was along a main street and, uh, which I did purposely to, in order to minimize any problems I might have, mm -hmm. there would be a lot of people around, but I'm feeling this uh, same sort of anxiety, uh, and fearfulness and I couldn't explain it. And I was, nervous and worried about it and uh got to the metro station got off walked to my van saw broken glass on the street and a door open oh, no. and the window had been broken into and uh, a spanish couple had walked by and said and i understood my halting uh, spanish we heard your siren wailing for about three hours we saw some men uh, run away from your van and jump into a car and drive off. They didn't steal anything. Uh, and, and I was lucky to have the siren built into the van. Uh, but I, again, hard to really explain it, but I certainly had this very strong feeling of anxiety and fearfulness. Uh, and I'll, I'll label it tentatively as, as paranormal because I have no other explanation. And I kind of tended to have some experiences like these. So um, I'm open to explanations, sure. of course, but uh, these are feelings that I've been left with. And somehow, and, and I think other people have kind of verified this with me as well, is when people have these strange experiences that are very atypical of their normal life's experiences, they kind of sense that something's a little different, something's a little untoward, something's a little unusual, uh, and, they, and they have some of these experiences which they don't understand. Part of the reason they share them with me is because they're hoping that somebody else might have some insight, you know, to help them figure out what happened to them. But as a psychologist, what kind of sense do you make out of these, uh, these events? Uh, again, you know, if I'll step out of the science box a little bit, mm -hmm. the sense I make of it is 
the longer I live and the more I hear what the physicists are coming up with these days, you know, now they're speculating that the, that the universe is made up of some kind of consciousness. Uh, you know, it's not simply a materialistic universe. Of course, it's hard to prove any of this, but it suggests to me from my life's experiences and interviewing many people and attending many conferences and just spending a lot of time on some of these uh, subjects mm -hmm. that the world, the universe is broader than we understand at the moment. And some of these experiences that we have are probably pointing to some part of the universe, the realm that we don't quite understand now. And, and why would we know it all in a million years from now, a billion years from now, more, uh, you know, as we evolve and move on, maybe we'll understand a lot more uh, than we do right now with today's 21st century science. You know, we're not in the Stone Age, but right. gosh, we're not as far along as we, as we will be in a million years from now. Talking to all the people that you had the opportunity of speaking to, uh, Michael, is there... Is there a common thread between the people who have had these experiences and the people who haven't had the experiences? That's a really good question. And, you know, I can't give you a definitive answer to it, but I'll say this, mm -hmm. that I've noticed among travelers as a group there, they tend to be more open and more eager for novelty and new experiences. They're looking to have new experiences, to grow personally, to experience uh, things that they haven't before, maybe to self-actualize a little bit more. So being open to new experiences might predispose them a bit more to some of the unusual, some of the strange yeah. that might come from the road of travel. And that, that's kind of how Rosemary and I settled on that name. The road to strange elicits, I think, and some people, the thought that, you know, there are things that happen that aren't really that explainable and they can happen. All right, my friend, we've got to take our news break. Please stand by. Exonation Michael Bryan is our special guest. His website, www.michaelbryan.com. That's www.michaelbrein.com. And Michael and I will be back on the other side of this break of the news. As we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond, you're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www xzbn.net ABS Media I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. 
Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnix, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God. It was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God, and finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. <laughs> Michael Bryan is our special guest this hour, Exonation. Michael uh, wrote with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, who's been on the Exxon a number of times, the two following books, The Road to Strange, Travel Tales of the Paranormal, and Road to, the, Road to Strange, UFOs, Aliens, and High Strangeness. His website is michaelbryan.com. Michael, after with all the people that you've spoken to, are there a couple of stories that they told you about their encounters or their experiences that, just made you shiver, just made you remember them out of the thousands of people that you, you talk to? I'm sure, yeah. There's quite a few. Uh, I, I'll give you a funny one. Okay. And I don't know what to make of this, honestly, but uh, I was approached uh, by this young man who uh, had a shirt on that was like Bella Lugosi. You know, he was obviously into that kind of thing, mm -hmm. vampires and whatnot. And he said that he took his girlfriend to Transylvania for one Halloween and uh, stayed in the ho Hotel Transylvania where all the supposed things happen on Halloween. Who knows, you know? But it was funny because he said he felt that both he and his girlfriend had some sort of uh, experience that night. They didn't know quite what to make of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, didn't remember any details and all. And I looked at him and he had a little tattoo of Bela Lugosi on his arm. And I thought, my God, you know, maybe it's his life's mission to go to uh, Transylvania on Halloween. You know, you, you don't know quite what to make of something like that. Uh, part of you says, oh, I can't really believe it. But I mean, he was so sincere in talking about it. Uh, I thought, well, my goodness, maybe this is a strange kind of calling that he had uh, I've had other stories uh, this this one uh, happened to a friend of mine it was interesting and he was in Mexico looking at ruins and uh, there with a with a Mexican guide and some a few other Americans there mm -hmm. on that day and suddenly the Mexican uh, tour guide pulled his gun shot and killed a deadly fair to lance snake uh, that was not too far from the, the group. No, it's very poisonous. And he said, that's a devil snake. Don't go near it. Don't touch it. But uh, one of the group wanted the snake skin, uh, you know, to do something with it. So my friend Dave, who related the story to me, uh, proceeded to skin the snake and give the guy, he was a hunter, and uh, so he wasn't afraid of doing stuff like this. So he gave the snake skin to this uh, other person on the tour and the tour guide was just beside himself saying you should not touch that snake it's a devil snake it's dangerous and so Dave forgot all about it and a couple of years later he in Seattle doing a training of a practice done by Hawaiians called Huna 
I don't know much about it. I can't really describe it to you. But they go through various exercises. Uh, and one of the so-called exercises was to kind of eliminate and cut connections uh, for some reason, some connections from your past. And so uh, they're all doing this exercise. And the assistant to the, the Huna practitioner, a Hawaiian lady even, was known for these things, came by Dave and looked at him and said, don't forget to cut the cord, uh, your connection with the snake that's wrapped up on your arm. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, he. Uh, there's no way he could have known anything about Dave's experience. Uh, so that was interesting, you know. It gives me a, a sense that something very bizarre, something very strange might have happened here. Uh, who am I to question some of these uh, practices that survived for hundreds of years exactly. and passed along, you know? But that was those were two kind of interesting things. While you were on any of your trips or travels, did you have an encounter with a UFO or extraterrestrials? No, I didn't myself. Uh, now, let me say that betwixt and between the the sorts of world travel that I've done, mm -hmm. I was also involved in studying the UFO phenomena simultaneously. And I did a stint for MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, as a state director for Hawaii when I lived in Hawaii oh, okay. so for about 10 years. And then the director at the time, knowing how much I traveled and how far and wide I traveled, appointed me as the ambassador at large. Uh, I didn't have a portfolio, so to speak, but I liaised with people. I was all over the world. I, was, so I made interesting connections. So part of my interviewing of people was to interview people's firsthand experiences. And I got a lot of stories of, of people who were relating to me, their experiences. And I even uh, had a chance to interview some of the famous uh, UFO researchers of the day, including, for example, J. Allen Hynek, who, you know, worked as a consultant for the Air Force. And uh, his job was to squelch and, uh, you know, explain away as many sightings as he possibly could because Project Blue Book was considered to be kind of a, by a lot of people, whitewashing, uh, explaining away the phenomena. And uh, J. Allen Hynek completely turned his mind around and became, uh, shall we say, the father of modern-day ufology. Well, I spent the day with J. Allen Hynek in Honolulu when he came there, uh, driving him all around, and I interviewed him for several hours. He went through some of his old cases, uh, and these were travel stories, so to speak, because he was going to Brazil, he was going to Papua New Guinea, he was interviewing uh, some people in some of the classic cases, and I had a chance to get some of his own opinions. Uh -huh. I interviewed Jesse Marcel Jr., the son of the uh, base intelligence officer at Roswell, who mm -hmm. claims that his dad brought home in the middle of the morning debris from something that crashed outside Roswell, Roswell and for the rest of uh, his father's life, and and Jesse Marcel Jr.'s life, uh, they believe that they handled stuff that might not have been of this world. So to make a long story short, I've gone all over the world. I've interviewed quite a few people on their UFO stories, and I added to this collection to, from which uh, Rosemary and I drew personal accounts uh, of things that have, uh, UFO experiences that people have had. And some of them were pretty profound experiences that people told me, and... Uh, Lo and behold, some of them wound up in the UFO book that Rosemary and I were writing together. What was the most profound UFO sighting story that you have? Well, I want to say that several people uh, related stories of, uh, according to them, uh, huge uh, craft mm -hmm. flying overhead their houses on their properties, doing things out there. Uh, uh, here's an interesting one. One woman claimed she was getting messages from aliens, and of course her husband and children were a little bit dubious, but she would go outside their home and listen to her radio and get these messages, and she was told to go to Borrego Springs, which was not that far from where she lived, and they would want to meet with her and maybe, maybe you're uh, take her away on an excursion. And she said, well, will you bring me back? And they said, of course, yes, we'll bring you back. Anyway, 
So she, they go to Borrego Springs as if uh, on cue to uh, maybe the family was humoring her yeah. or maybe they believed her a little bit. But they were there. They were going to go on this excursion. The father even got to the point, the husband saying, well, if you were to go and disappear, what am I going to do with the children? You're going to leave me here to raise them all by myself? Just leave us? She says, no, 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 no. And she had, began to have second feelings. Anyway, she goes into, they get to Borrego Springs. She goes into this uh, little convenience store there. and She goes up to the clerk and she kind of naively, sweetly, naively asks, where are the UFOs seen around here? And the guy said, lady, nobody sees UFOs here. That, that doesn't happen. Go away, leave me alone, don't bother me kind of attitude. And she leaves and she asks the ranger station, same thing, do anybody spot UFOs and gets the same ridicule and goes out. And then that night, uh, she feels like she needs to do something and go somewhere to have this contact. But she has second thoughts and she conveys to them, no, 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 I, I can't do this. I'm not going to do this. And they said, okay, all right. That's the response she gets, more or less. And the next day, uh, she walks into the convenience store, and the same clerk that ridiculed her and chased her out said, did you see it? Did you see the UFO? She says, what are you talking about? He said, we saw it. Here, oh, look at this Lord. paper. And there was a thing in the newspaper about people saw something that had landed out in the desert near there. And uh, she wanted to get the paper from him. And he said, no, no, this is the last copy. I'm keeping it. So what do you do with that? That's just an interesting experience. It's it sure is. quite unusual. But um, uh, I'll give you another quick one. Do you have time for another quick story? Well, we've got about uh, a minute before our next okay, break. Let's, let's hold that off. Yeah, let's hold that off. Uh, but, uh, Michael, I want to thank you so much for joining us. This is very interesting. And please give my very best to Rosemary the next time you're talking to her. She's, uh, she's remembered very fondly here on this show. Great. I, I will do that. Michael Bryan is our special guest. He, along with Rosemary Ellen Guiley, are the authors of The Road to Strange. Well, The Road to Strange Travel Tales of the Paranormal and The Road to Strange UFOs, Aliens, and High Strangeness. Strangeness. Michael's website is www.michaelbryan.com. And Michael and I will be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget, if you'd like to um, get the or read online and download the current edition of the X-Chronicles newspaper, www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. I'm Rob McConnell. Don't go away. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simo TV. Simo TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. 
Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www.williamspeckham.com. Bit of a cliffhanger here, Exo Nation. Our guest this hour is Michael Bryan. He, along with Rosemary Guiley, have written uh, two interesting books. First one is The Road to Strange, Travel Tales of the Paranormal, and the second one, The Road to Strange, UFOs, Aliens, and High Strangeness. And Michael is known as the travel psychologist. His website is www.michaelbryan.com. All right, Michael, before we go into the break, you were going to tell us another interesting uh, tale, but we ran out of time. And all right, my friend, please give it to us. Yeah. Uh, Angelica was a, a lady who shared several really good stories with me of her travels. Mm-hmm. And then she told me about her uh, experience living in a mountainous area of California in a remote area, tending to pets and children in the area, so on and so forth. And she began to have, uh, actually over a few years, began to see lights in the sky that seemed to be, at first, to behave erratically, Mm -hmm. and she didn't know quite what to make of it. Uh, But finally, towards the end of the story, uh, they were coming closer and closer. The people in in the nearby town said, Angelica, you've got to leave that remote area, see a psychiatrist. I mean, you really have to get out and away uh, and change your place of where you're living. And she says, no, nobody wants to believe me. And finally, uh, towards the end of the story, uh, one night, these lights are like uh, right there, real bright and all that. And her daughter in another part of the house said, Mom, what's this? This is scaring me. What is all this? And Angelica finally says, well, I've got confirmation finally. And uh, she uh, just warded these lights off. She didn't want anything to do with them. She ultimately moved out of the area, but she was convinced herself. We we call the story Dancing with Angels. But, of course, we don't know exactly what it was, but it appears to be kind of a classic sort of interaction of uh, UFOs with people in some way. I've heard similar stories we don't really know exactly she left but uh, she did get some confirmation she wasn't crazy it was just a beautiful story as it was told and basically all the stories that rosemary and i have included in our books are based on first person stories uh we we uh this is not a, a science book this is not analysis of cases and ufo statistics but firsthand accounts of people that had interesting experiences and we asked a lot of questions, and Rosemary uh, also does commentary with each of these stories, trying to explain it or relate it to a wider understanding of the phenomena that help that that happens. Let me ask you, as a as a psychologist, as an ambassador at large for MUFON, as well as a person who's had the opportunity of speaking to thousands of people, do you think the day will come when disclosure will finally be made? That's isn't that the question of the millennium? Yeah. Uh, it seems like it's inching in that direction. I mean, we see false starts. People come out uh, are very public. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the most one of the most instrumental, important 
disclosure events was that uh, National Press Club uh, experience with a lot of really good professional witnesses and pilots and FAA people that happened in Washington, D.C. about 17 years ago. Yeah, that was with uh, Stephen Bassett and uh, his, yes, his group. Yes, you remember yeah. that, Steve yeah. Greer. Yeah. Uh, but we had a lot of really good witnesses, and nothing happened after that that convinces me that was as good as, as, as that uh, revelation of, of people and their experiences. Uh, but again, you know, we have something happening recently where supposedly a uh, man that headed up the recent Pentagon study of the subject uh, has said that there's going to be things released. Uh, so I've seen it come and go over my involvement in this study right. of this field from the age of 15 for, for years and years. So who knows? But in my opinion, the way that I've, I've seen it going for the last 28 years of doing this show is that the old guard, I'm talking about the Stephen Greers, the John Mack, Bud Hopkins, Stanton Friedman, who's still around, thank God, uh, and, and the, the, the core of the, the real UFO group, they're not being replaced by, by people, in my opinion, who have the same appreciation, the same drive, the same enthusiasm as the old guard did. I think you're right. That's that's a really interesting point. These people were great people. I met all the mm -hmm. ones that you're talking about, and they were dedicated yep. to studying this. Uh, you know, did they tap into real meaning of this? I'm sure they made some headway in all this. But you're right. Uh, all these people are dying off, and it only remains to be seen who takes the helm from here, in what direction does it go? I think that one of the problems, Michael, is that the Internet has made everything way too accessible, way too fast. People actually don't go out and do the, the door knocking and the, the field investigations that, that used to be done with the type of reporting that each of these researchers used to take pride in presenting and, and the diehard methods that they would use to to investigate these cases with. I, I just don't see it anymore, and it, it, it makes me sad if you can understand it. Well, maybe uh, the powers that be that may know what this is all about might be breathing a sigh of relief that maybe there'll be a pause, but I think, mark my word, maybe in a few hundred years from now, who knows when, some of these people will be remembered. Their memories yeah. will be resurrected and they'll make the history books, possibly. What makes your book different from other UFO books? I think basically it's the stories, like I was saying a little earlier, the first are first-hand accounts. I interviewed these people. All these stories that are in there, uh, a few were from Rosemary, mm -hmm. but mainly from me. I interviewed these people. I asked good questions. Uh, I got them to really explain and describe their experiences I want to know how they thought, they felt, what did they do, what would they have done differently, how did they react, how did it affect them. And so the human side of these people's experiences, from my psychological point of view, from my background, you know, social science and all yes. this, makes it different. It's not a book of facts, uh, data, uh, collections of uh, shapes of objects that people see. It's the firsthand experiences that people have had that they shared with me, they wanted to tell somebody about it, and uh, hopefully by some of the kinds of questions and the commentary that Rosemary has added to this, maybe maybe we've made a dent in understanding it just a little bit more, or at least relating to these people's experiences. I think after having had the pleasure of talking to you for nearly an hour now, I can see that your expertise as a psychologist, as well as a member of MUFON and someone who has taken a serious look into not only this phenomenon, but talking to people who have had the experiences and using your BS detector as a psychologist <laughs> is a big asset. Well, you know, I, uh, we could always have better BS detectors, can't we? But oh. I have to say, I think that the people uh, trusted me and related mm -hmm. to me as someone who was earnestly interested in hearing what they had to say without evaluating them, without criticizing them. And letting them speak and letting them say their minds, speak their minds, uh, I think that's a plus. 
And I'm happy that I allowed myself to be able to be this way. You know, if I just kept both my feet in a solid scientific box, I would not have gone, stepped out of it to explore these things like I have. Well, we're glad you did. We're glad you did. And uh, I always say if you're not part of the problem, you're part of the, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem. And who the hell wants to be part of a problem these days? Um, What's next for you, my friend? I'm going to uh, do a, a third book with Rosemary. We're looking over material. We're trying to see which direction we should go with this. We love the Road to Strange caption for the book. So we're going to uh, explore some other strange phenomena that we didn't spend that much time with in the first two books. And then I'm going to move on to my huge collection of travel stories and try to see. I, I did this one on women's safety and security. I like that. To travel. And I'm going to look at uh, doing a book on pickpocketing, mm-hmm. close calls, great escapes, things that are really helpful and useful to people. Excellent. I've got, I've got about two minutes left. I, I want to ask you briefly about the book you wrote about riding the public transit systems as uh, to travel that was a first i decided and i figured out that in all these great popular tourist cities like paris and london Mm -hmm. and honolulu even uh i figured out that you could see the top 50 visitor attractions very easily using the mass transit system and uh funny i did one for la just a digital one people said oh you can't get around la on public transportation but I showed that you can get to the top 50 visitor attractions in L.A. by their light rail system. They do have a subway line and some of the express buses. You could get right to Disneyland. You could go to all these places. And it's a fantastic system. And I believe I proved these people wrong. You can get around L.A. You just have to allow some time to do it. And my London and Paris ones are still very popular. Michael, the time has come when you and I must say so long for now. Once again, uh, congratulations on your book. And also, please give give Marie, uh, Rosemary my very best the next time you're speaking to her. I will. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, don't be a stranger. Come back next time with Rosemary, and we'll uh, share some more tales with the Exxon listeners. Exxon Nation, my guest this hour has been Michael Bryan. His website is www.michaelbryan.com. And I'm going to spell Michael's last name for you. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-B-R-E-I-N dot com. And I'll be back on the other side of this news and commercial break as we continue here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center in Hamilton, uh, Ontario, Canada. After all, this is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And we're with you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern. You've got it on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, and iHeartRadio. And soon on Simul TV. We'll be back. Don't go away. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. 
We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18-plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice of the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.